We're so happy you've joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. Send us your story to pastor at relevant316.com. If you want to support this ministry financially, hop on our website at relevant316.com. There you'll find different giving options to suit your needs. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for joining us again. Today, we're going to continue in our study in the book of Ruth. Over the last few weeks, we've been teaching through the book of Ruth in this series called When Will It Stop? And so today, I want us to discuss the central theme of the book of Ruth, which is redemption. Redemption is is a very difficult concept for us to understand in 2020 because when we think of redemption, we're thinking of redeeming a coupon. Uh, We were thinking about many other things, but the ancient idea of redemption can be lost to us because we don't have uh, an understanding of what a kinsman redeemer looks like, behaves like, is like, because it's not a part of our culture. So Ruth is a story of redemption. It's a story of redemption in that uh, when we align ourselves with God, there's some things that happen to us, two things that happen to us. He redeems us and then he also rewards us. No matter what we've done in our past, no matter what's happened to us, no matter how many bad things have occurred, he redeems the past, consistently redeems the past, and gives us a promise of reward for our future. Uh, There there are two things, two things, as I said, that, that, that offset our losses, redemption and reward. And if I had to sum up the book of Ruth, it would be based around these two ideas. I'd boil it down like this. Healing from our past starts by knowing that redemption is available for our future. Healing from our past starts when we know, fully embrace that God has redemption for our future. In other words, no matter how bad the news is, no matter how difficult the situation has been, no matter how massive your losses are, because of Jesus, bad news does not have the last word on your life. The disease does not have the last word on your life. The divorce does not have the last word on your life. The the friends that deserted you is not the last word on your life. Because of Jesus, there's a future, a hope, and a promise that you can cling to. And so redemption takes care of your past, and then he also rewards you for your future. The central theme of the entire Bible is that God is redeeming us to himself, for himself, at a great cost from himself. This is the Bible from beginning to end. All 66 books of the Bible are, 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 are central. The central idea of all of those books is this one idea. God is redeeming himself, redeeming us to himself at a great cost to himself. So in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says these words. It says that God demonstrated his own love towards us, In that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to understand something because this is the difference between religion and any other system out there. It wants you to be good and then God does something for you. But here, God does something for you before you you had anything to offer him. It is a a risk and a, and, and a, uh, a cost that in an investment that is into you, even though you can't bring him any benefit. At that moment that you had no value to him, he took value from himself and added that value to your life at no point expecting a return from you. That is completely different than any other system that is on this planet. 
So Ephesians chapter one says it like this. It says, he, speaking of God, is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. That's what redemption really looks like. Uh, it's, it's, it's God stepping in and buying back what was lost, even though that the person that lost it could never have re- reclaimed it. It's, it's God stepping in and, 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 and taking care of something that you could not pay for yourself. Because of our sin, we lost our freedom. We lost it all. It took Jesus volunteering himself to come down and repair us, bring us back to himself. And he buys us and redeems us and saves us. So, so every book of the Bible literally points back to this idea points back to this truth. Uh, God is redeeming us to himself at a great cost to himself. Uh, so the central theme of scripture is a story of Ruth as, 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 uh, as it relates to the kinsman redeemer. That's the central key holding factor of, of why this book has been preserved so that you and I can have it today. So I want you to understand, in ancient Hebraic Jewish culture, the father of the of the family was the leader of the family, and if something happened to him, uh, uh, his brother would now become the leader of the family. If he if he had sons, his oldest son would become the leader of the family. This system of of uh, fathers and men leading the family goes back all the way to, to Adam in in Jewish culture, and uh, if something happened to the father, the responsibility of the father fell on the son. If something happened to the son, it went to the second son, and so on and so on. And so if a member of the family was to experience loss or experience some sort of pain, it was the sort of like the social uh, construct of how f- families took care of each other. It was in that, that, that the, the oldest son, the kinsman redeemer, would come and repair and, and bring um, uh, uh, recompense and redemption to that which was lost at a cost that was to them, never for their own benefit, but for the benefit of that family. Benefit of that family. And it's very important that we understand that. It's not like, you know, the father, you know, is, is dead and now the, his oldest son takes over and, and all that he does is now like, you know, going to go to him. No, it wasn't like an inheritance. It was that he was going to step in, take care of everyone, pay the cost of what was lost, and all the benefits of it would still remain in that family, if it makes sense. So the central theme to the book of Ruth is the kinsman Redeemer. So let's just kind of take it back a little bit. What happens here is that uh, Naomi and Elimelech are married. They're living in, in Bethlehem. Bethlehem experiences a severe famine. Uh, they experience great loss. And, and because of the loss and because of the hunger, because of the uh, lack of employment, they make a decision to move to Moab because they, they, they think that there's going to be opportunities in Moab. Well, they get to Moab and tragedy hits them. Elimelech dies. Elimelech is dead, and, they, and he leaves behind Naomi and, and their two sons. And, and later on, their, their two sons marry Moabite women. And then after their, their, their marriages, something tragic also happens again to them in that they die. And in their death, Naomi is lost, is, is left by herself. Lost in a foreign country, no hope, no future, nothing. It's, it's a very terrible thing to be a, a widow in those times in a foreign land with foreign gods. And here she is. But she hears word that God has visited their people again in Bethlehem, that bread has returned there, and she makes a decision to return, to return back to Bethlehem. As she's going back, 
her two daughters-in-law start going with her, but she urges them to return. And and one of them returns, but Ruth says, I will cling to you. I'll go with you. And so they they come to Bethlehem. And and when they arrive back in Bethlehem, Naomi and and, and Ruth, well, Ruth decides to go and become a field hand, a day laborer in the fields of of, of, uh, Bethlehem. And, And the thing is this, that the way that God works, it's not by chance, it's not by coincidence or coincidence, whatever you want to call it. It's just that God works it out that she happens to land in the field of Boaz. And the scripture reveals to us that Boaz is not just some other ordinary dude, but Boaz. Boaz is actually their kinsman redeemer. Ruth has no awareness of this. Naomi does not know that that's the field that Ruth went to. But God has been at work behind all of all this tragedy. God has been working, the, working in the shadows to make sure that his plan, his ultimate plan will be fulfilled through this family. So the field is owned by Boaz, a wealthy, influential man in the city. He takes notice of Ruth. I want you to, to like just mm, take that in. Boaz takes notice of Ruth first. That's how grace works. Grace is not that you notice God first, but rather that God notices you first. It takes initiative in your life first. Boaz notices her first and insists to her that she keeps working in his field. When Naomi finds out, she's ecstatic. She's like, wow, this is, this is amazing. It tells her this is our kinsman redeemer. She, Ruth probably does not even understand what that all means. But I think that you and I can now start see where the story is going. At Naomi's instruction, later on in chapter 3, we, we talked about it last week, um, uh, she's instructed to go to Boaz's workshop during the threshing uh, period of the harvest. And, and uh, it's kinda, it gets a little bit you know, crazy there. But she sneaks in there. And, uh, you know, wakes him up and says, hey, I need you to fulfill your duties as the kinsman redeemer. And he literally says to her, I will fulfill all those duties. This matter will be taken care of today. I will not sleep until it's taken care of. Why? Because Naomi and Ruth were in an impossible position. Their situation did not require generosity to fix it. What's happened in chapter 3 is that we saw Boaz being generous to Naomi and Ruth. He, he made sure that their needs were taken care of, made sure that they had enough food, made sure that, that his workers would, would drop extra um, uh, supply and food uh, in, in her pathway, he gave her preferential treatment. But grace is not generosity. Grace does not equal uh, um, uh, just giving you something to get, get you by. Grace requires redemption, and redemption is bigger than generosity. This is a central theme of the book of Ruth. They did not need generosity. They did not need a stimulus package. They did not need a handout. They needed radical redemption. I want you to see two distinctives that make a kinsman redeemer unique. Number one, the kinsman redeemer pursues the recovery at a valuable loss. The kinsman redeemer pursues recovery, repair, at a valuable loss. Um, A kinsman redeemer takes initiative when someone close to them is in trouble. And so when Boaz realized who Ruth was, on the first day, he extended grace to her. He extended grace to her, Gave a preferential treatment. Made sure that her needs were met. 
gave her extra. He immediately made sure to, that, that she would be safe, told her, stay in my fields, my daughter. And then at that night on the threshing floor, when Ruth asked him to, to fulfill his responsibility, he told her that he would do it. That he was, and then he, he, not only does he tell her that he'll take care of it, but he tells her, um, I'm not actually your closest relative. I'm not, the, I'm not the number one person. I'm not in the number one position. There's someone else who's in that position, but let me take care of this matter. So he takes immediate action, takes initiative, and he does what he promises. So let's look at verse 1 of chapter 4. Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then the family redeemer he had mentioned came by, so Boaz called out to him, Come over here and sit down, friend. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. Then Boaz called ten leaders from the town and asked them to sit as witnesses. And Boaz said to the family redeemer, this is the guy in number one position, You know Naomi who came back from Moab. She is selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. The man replied, all right then, I'll redeem it. He sees a great opportunity. He sees that there's an opportunity here for gain because he knows that Naomi does not necessarily have a son. And so he's thinking to himself, this might be a very good opportunity for me to step into. So he's like, I'll take it. So I want you to understand something. A, 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 a redeemer, a kinsman redeemer, buys back, repairs a situation at his cost, never for his benefit. This man, the first one, is thinking about his own benefit. And, we, and, and that's, that's us kind of like looking into it and, and making an assumption because the scripture never really tells us what happens next and, and why he does not uh, fulfill and go through with it. But, but let, let's look at this here. Uh, the next thing I, I want you guys to, to see here is that the kinsman redeemer buys back what was lost with their own money and for none of their benefit. So let's take a look at here. Let's, let's look at the next verse of what, of what happens here. Verse 5 says, uh, Then Boaz told him, Of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow, that she can have children, who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. That's where it became really, really tricky for the first redeemer. At first, all he was thinking was, the land will now be mine. Now Boaz says, well, wait, there's, there's a clause in you doing this. You must also marry the widow of, of, of Malon or, or Chilean. We don't know which one she had married. But you must also marry Ruth, the widow of Elimelech's son, and then have children so that everything that is part of this purchase and this, this whole um, uh, transaction may remain in that family. So what's happening here is that this is going to cost you. You're never going to benefit from it. It's going to stay in that family. It's going to cost you never for your own benefit, but for their benefit. That is biblical kinsman redemption. Verse goes on, says, the man says, then I can't redeem it, the family redeemer replied, because this might endanger my own estate. He's thinking of himself. You can redeem the land. I cannot do it. 
Now, in those days, it was custom in Israel for anyone transferring a right of purchase to remove his sandal and hand it to the other party. This publicly validated the transaction. So the other family redeemer drew off his sandal as he said to Boaz, you buy the land. Why would this guy make such a quick 180? He saw the cost. He saw that it would no longer benefit him. As a matter of fact, he says that this is going to endanger my own personal estate. If I was just buying the land and that's it, maybe I can work this out uh, in my accounting later on. But if I have to now marry and this whole purchase goes back to that family, I can't do it. Just a minor detail that throws a monkey wrench into the deal. What Boaz is saying here is this, is that the land belongs to Elimelech's family. He is dead. Now the land belongs to either Malon or Chilion, Elimelech's sons, but they are dead. If you buy this land, you're going to have to marry Ruth, the widow of one of Elimelech's sons, and have a son, a child with them, and then the land and all the property is going to go back to that family. And so the first kingsman redeemer backs out of the deal, and number two can now step in, who is Boaz. See, the thing is, is that we have to understand that that God takes kinsman redeemer very seriously. If you want to know, if you want to fully understand how seriously he takes it, go and read Genesis chapter thirty-eight because it's a cute little story with uh, Judah and Tamar, where uh, one of the redeemers does not fulfill their their duty, and and literally the text says that God kills that person because they did not take on what he had commanded in terms of kinsman redeemer. So let's take a look at Ruth chapter 4, verse 9 here. Uh, It says that, Then Boaz said to the elders and to the crowd standing around, You are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. And with the land I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow, to Malon, to, to, to be my wife. This way she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband, and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. Then the elders and all of the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who's coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. A call back to Genesis chapter 38. Remember, God uses two things, two things in Scripture to offset our losses. He uses redemption and reward. So, so today I'm going to leave Ruth's story right here. I'm going to park it right here. Next week we're going to continue and just wrap up the entire um, uh, all their stories and see how God uh, miraculously and sovereignly works out everything for his good and for their good. I want you to leave with this. Whatever you've gone through, whatever you've lost, whatever you've experienced, whatever bad news you've had, that bad news is never the last word on your life. Pain is never the last word on your life. You must look forward to the promise that you have in Jesus. Otherwise, we, we, we will absolutely lose our mind because if we don't have a, a, a hope in the a, in a, in a future and an, an understanding of what God does in redemption, the chaos around us will never have, make sense to us. 
our pain will be for nothing. We'll look for government agencies and, and earthly agencies to fix our problems. We'll demand for, for, for repair from people who can never redeem us. God will redeem your lost faith. God will redeem your lost hope, your lost love. And I want you to know that faith, hope, and love are available to us because Jesus pursued us while we were still sinners, while we were dead in our trespasses, while we were still lost. He paid the price to redeem us and brought us into his family. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says this. It says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Let me pray for you. God, there may be someone who's watching right now who's experienced so much loss, who's experienced so much pain. They don't know how to make sense of it, but may they know that you have redemption and reward for their life that is found in Jesus. May today be a day where they trust in Jesus and start walking out a life where God repairs all that was lost, redeems all the time, redeems all the faith, all the love, all the hope. May they be rewarded for their faithfulness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. We'd love to stay connected with you. Find us on Facebook and on Instagram at Relevant Riverside. We hope you have a great week.